Life's too short. Life's too damn short. So, eat everything. Try anything. Exercise. Experience all that life has to offer. Here's exercise physiologist, medical journalist, and healthy talk host, Melanie Cole, MS. Well, it's that time of year again when the American College of Sports Medicine puts out the American Fitness Index. This is a comprehensive, really amazing bit of research that they put out that determines the fitness level and and what's going on in the various communities and cities around the country. And of course, my guest every year for this amazing bit of research from the American College of Sports Medicine is Dr. Walt Thompson. He is the president-elect of the American College of Sports Medicine and a Regents Professor of Exercise Science in the Department of Kinesiology and Health at Georgia State University. Welcome to the show, Dr. Thompson. So let's talk about this year's American Fitness Index, and what are we seeing this year? Tell us a little bit for the listeners what the fitness uh, this, index is and how these components come together. Sure. This is a very special year for us, Melanie. You and I have been talking about the American Fitness Index, as you said, for many years. This is, believe it or not, the 10th anniversary wow. of the launch of the American Fitness Index. Yeah, so we're very excited uh, this year. We have again teamed up with the Anthem Foundation. We'll be celebrating the American Fitness Index 10-year anniversary at the American College of Sports Medicine annual meeting in Denver the first week in June. So we're very excited about it. Uh, but And this year, as in other years, we've had some surprises. So let's talk about first the components so people understand what goes in to this fitness index and how it's really compiled. And so what are some of the components like health behaviors and health issues, built environment? Speak about these things. Yeah, it's, it is a very unique index. You know, there are a number of rankings available. There are fitness rankings. There are environmental rankings for these major metropolitan areas. But for the first time and the only time, the American Fitness Index is a combination of both what we call personal health indicators and community or environmental indicators. So we have a separate score for personal health indicators. Those are the kinds of behaviors that you and I adopt through our lifetime. Uh, but then it, the second part really answers the question, okay, I live in one of these very populated American cities does my environment support my need and my desire to be healthy? So the second part of the American Fitness Index is the community or environmental indicators. So the first part is the personal health indicators. The second part is the community or environmental indicators. And together, we uh, come up with the American Fitness Index score and then a ranking of the top 50 cities in the country. And before we talk about those, what amazes me, Dr. Thompson, every single year, that built environment even talks about parklands, farmers' markets, public transportation to work in bicycling areas, and then there's school, PE, and recess, and recreational facilities. How do you get all this information? Well, we, tr we try really hard to make sure that our report is as comprehensive as it possibly can. That's the first thing. The second thing is... We have chose indicators that either personally or the community can change. So, for example, the environment. We do not consider the environment, that is how smoggy it might be in one city versus another, uh, simply because we, don't have, we can't control that. 
uh, sure, we can control that over a long period of time, but it's not something that you and I can change like tomorrow, or our mayors and city councils can't change with policy tomorrow. So these are indicators, and there's 31 of them, 31 separate indicators that go into the American Fitness Index. Wow. But each and every one of them, you and I and our city leaders can can change. And that is so amazing, and that's what I love, that, that people can take this and actually get involved in their communities and go to their community representatives and say, I'd like our playgrounds fixed up. I'd like some more basketball hoops, and I'd like some more rec centers. I'd like swimming pools, that people can actually get involved. And as you say, these are controllable and changeable modifiable factors. So let's get into it now. So who made number one this year? Uh, a, a surprise, actually. Uh, it, 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 although Minneapolis has been in the top five uh, for the past 10 years, for the past four years, it has it sat at number two. Washington, D.C. has been our number one city. But this year, Minneapolis took over the number one spot. Now, how did they do that? What did they do? Well, let me give you an example. Uh, one of the personal health indicators uh, is the percent of any physical activity or exercise in the last 30 days. 81% of the people who live in Minneapolis indicated that they have gotten some form of exercise in the last 30 days. An extraordinarily high number. Eight out of 10 people uh, uh, have have indicated that they exercise regularly. Now, you compare that to the number two city of Washington, D.C., and it's uh, at 78%. Well, you say it's only 2% difference, but 2% over a city of uh, 3.5 to 4 million people is a lot of people. So what Minneapolis is doing is that they they have impacted the American Fitness Index score, not only personally, but also within the the built environment. Let me give you a, a, an example of that. The city of Minneapolis. Now, you know what happens in Minneapolis, right? In the wintertime, no surprise to anybody, it's cold and it snows in Minneapolis. But Minneapolis pays $211 per capita. They spend $211 per capita on their parks. They, I'll just give you an example of what the average is. The average is $109. So they wow. spend nearly twice as much money on their parks. Why did they do that? Because they know that in certain months of the year, it's going to be cold, and they have to have these parks available and safe for people sure. who want to exercise. Sure. And so they, they, they think of their weather, and they say, well, we need these things to be ready as soon as the nice weather comes so people can get out and use it. It's predictable, right? Every winter, it's going to be cold in Minneapolis. <laughs> and so they, the, the, the folks who live in Minneapolis know that, so they prepare for it, and they spend a lot of money on their parks and a lot of money on their recreation facilities, that is, their indoor recreation facilities, because they know during the months of November, December, January, February, and way into March, it's going to be cold, and there has to be a place, safe environment for people to exercise. Don't they even have an airport that has like a big walkable area that you can walk around if you're there at the airport? They do, and they the do. American, yeah, the American College of Sports Medicine actually has a program working with airports. Uh, in Minneapolis, is just an example. Here in Atlanta, where I live, we have the same kind of messaging. 
promoting walking between the terminals rather than taking a train. We tell people exactly how many minutes it takes to walk from one terminal to the next and how much distance that they will cover from one terminal Hmm. to the next. That's cool. I wish O'Hare would do that. So now people are often surprised that Washington, D.C. is up at the top of the list there because they think of this sort of small town of driving around and everybody drives and everybody, you know, works at desks and things. What makes Washington usually up at the top and number two? Well, I, I will just challenge all of your listeners to sit on the Washington Mall about noontime. And now I, I should tell you that tourists do not like to go to the Washington Mall at noontime. And do you know why? Because there's so many people exercising, running around the mall. You know, it's a big loop cool. around the Washington Mall. You, a tourist can't step on the Washington Mall because there's so many people exercising. Wow. So, so it's something that people might not expect. What are some other surprises for you this year? Uh, well, I, I think now that we have a 10-year history, there are some really key things that we have been able to impact uh, all over the country, and most notably in these top 50 cities. Let me give you some examples. Over the years, there has been a 16% increase in the number of people who have, who have met the CDC's recommendations for regular physical activity. 16%. That's almost one in five people now are exercising wow. regularly, more than, than was reported 10 years ago. Uh, there is now an, uh, an an influx of people who are living in cities. I know it happens here in Atlanta. I suspect the same thing is happening in Chicago and other big cities where people are moving back into the city. So over the years, there is now a 4% increase, a 4%. doesn't sound like a lot, but that's 4 out of 100, 4% increase in the number of people who now live within a 10-minute walk of a park. Now, the significance of that is that uh, in some of these other cities that don't have walkability scores that are very high, uh, it, they, people have to drive to a park to exercise. But now in these cities that score high in the personal health indicators, all of them have high percentages of people who live within a 10-minute walk of a park. So instead of driving to a park to get their exercise, and they're walking to the park, then getting their exercise in, and walking back home. Now, before we talk about some of the ones that are not doing as well and sort of never seem to do well, what do you want these... Can the communities get in touch with you or ACSM, Dr. Thompson, and say, hey, we saw that we were 34 on your fitness index. We want to do better next year. What can we do? And do you work with them and say, okay, well, this is what we identified this is what you can do. Does that happen? Uh, it does, and it happens often. We have uh, what we call a technical assistance program. Anybody, anytime can go, th- go to the American Fitness Index website. That's AmericanFitnessIndex.org. And on that uh, webpage, you can download the entire report, choose your favorite city, and see where you can make a change, both personally and within the environment. Uh, but you also can download for free, again, AmericanFitnessIndex.org, a, uh, a, a community uh, assistance program that has a number of uh, ways in which you can make change within your city. It's called 
the uh, action plan, the community action plan. Download that. Again, it's for free. Loads of ideas on how you can make personal change, but also, and perhaps more important for many of us who want to be uh, community activists, to how do you approach your mayor and your city council to make these positive changes? So if you look, for example, at your favorite city uh, and you're only spending $30 per capita on parks, and you know that Washington, D.C. and Minneapolis are spending three times or four times that amount, that's good information to take to your city council and say, look, we want to improve our parks. We want them more walkable. Uh, and so the community action guide will help do that. That is really great information for people, and they can go to AmericanFitnessIndex.org and find out more information in the Community Action Guide so that if you really want to get involved in your community, you can you can download this piece of paper and go visit your representatives and your mayor and the people that work for your community, and you can say, hey, we want to see more gym and recess, or we want to see, you know, some some awareness for the importance of quality sleep. We want to see these things, so please get involved now. Talking about the last bottom five there, we've got Memphis, Tennessee, Birmingham, Charlotte, Indianapolis, unfortunately the home of the American College of Sports Medicine, Oklahoma City, and Louisville, Jefferson County. So what are they doing that's causing the fact of where they are on this list? Well, let me just choose a couple of things that are pretty common with uh, those cities that are on the bottom of the American Fitness Index. There tends to be uh, a very high level of obesity, a very low level of people who exercise, a very high level of people who smoke cigarettes, and a very high death rate due to cardiovascular disease. Those are the personal health indicators that are pretty common with the, the bottom five to the bottom 10 on the American Fitness Index list. Also, if you look at the community in or environmental indicators, those cities are typically those cities that do not have uh, physical education through high school. They may only have physical education at elementary school. Uh, And their park expenditures are woefully lower than the average or lower than, let's say, the top 10. Uh, uh, I'll give you a specific example. Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, has an obesity rate of 33.1%. That means if when you walk down the streets of Louisville, one out of three people are considered obese. Not overweight, but obese. One out of three people. The death rate due to cardiovascular disease in that same city is 199 for 100,000 people. So it's almost 25% higher than what we would consider the target, which is the top 50% of these cities. And then we look at smoking cigarettes, Louisville, 24%. One out of four people living in Louisville still smoke cigarettes, which is astonishing to me with all of the, the negative uh, kinds of uh, television ads and, and everything we know about cigarette smoking. One out of four people in Louisville are still smoking cigarettes. So th- those are the, the personal health indicators. And by the way, I, I'm, I'm picking on Louisville uh, because it ranked number 50 in the American Fitness Index. But it's true of all of the five to ten uh, cities in the American that are on the lower mm-hmm, that are on the lower. Yeah, and people might think that it's more the South states, but it's not completely because Columbus is down there, and as I said, Indianapolis. So it's not just the Southern states. 
where, you know, you think of food being more fried or rural areas where maybe they can't get to their local parks because they're, you know, such a big area and out in the country. But there's, I mean, obviously there's some places that are, as you say, more like a city, more of an urban area like Columbus, Ohio. And so those communities need to take this action. So Dr. Thompson, wrap this whole thing up for us. Give us your best indicators of what you want the listeners to take away from this show you and I do so happily every year. And I'm always so excited to talk to you and see what happened in this year's, you know, pretty much the research and to see what's changed in my community, much less other communities. So tell everybody what you want them to know about a need for action, getting involved, using these scores to change the community that they live in and hopefully for the better. Uh, I would suggest uh, two things. One is two things initially and then some longer-term action plans. One is to go to the American Fitness Index website, AmericanFitnessIndex.org, download the report, choose your city, and see how you rank. And now on the American Fitness Index uh, scorecard, we have both what the score is in the city and then what we call the target. So you can make a comparison on each one of these 31 indicators how you rank, how your city ranks against uh, the target. The second thing I would urge uh, listeners to do is to download the the action plan, the community action plan. Again, it's free, downloaded, and it's got a lot of great ideas on how you can approach your city leaders to make some significant changes. Can I give you an example of that in Atlanta? Please. We put a lot of uh, pressure on our mayor because Atlanta is... uh, from an exercise perspective, is very poorly planned. Uh, Small uh, uh, walkways, a lot of traffic in downtown. We urged our mayor to take a look at the next time he and the Department of Transportation restripe roads to uh, make the walkways more uh, enjoyable and to put in more bike lanes. And it seemed like overnight there was enough pressure put on the mayor and the city council that the downtown streets of Atlanta now have very significant changes. Now, of course, there's a little bit more traffic because many of these roads went from four lanes to two lanes. But all of the downtown roads, including the famous Peachtree Street, now have marked bike lanes. Uh, that's a huge step. And what mm-hmm. it took for us in Atlanta was to put the pressure on the mayor and say, look, we want to be more healthy. We're not satisfied of being number 17 on the American Fitness Index. We want to be number one. And here's how you can do it, Mr. Mayor. And it seemed to work. Wow. So you actually got involved and it seemed to work. And I know Chicago, we have bike lanes too, but some of them are pretty scary and you have to be a high risk taker to be willing to get into some of those bike lanes because man, the traffic around them is pretty scary. But then the bike lanes that are along Lakeshore Drive that are along the lake, those are great. And they've expanded those. So, yeah, so it's really all about getting involved, isn't it? It's totally, uh, and a lot of people don't understand that the mayor and the city council and all of these city cities work for us. Uh, we vote them into office. We vote them out of office. We can make some significant changes. It's just that folks don't know how to do it. And the community action guide that we provide, the AmericanFitnessIndex.org, provides exactly the number of steps and how you can approach your city council and the mayor. All you need 
is uh, one person to be your hero on the city council to drive these kinds of changes. And tell us what we can look forward to in your upcoming presidency for the American College of Sports Medicine, Dr. Thompson. Oh, I am so excited and honored to be the next president of the American College of Sports Medicine. We've been in existence since 1954, so there's, there's been a limited number of presidents. Uh, but I hope that uh, in this next year that we'll be able to make some very significant uh, and impactful kinds of things uh, across the country. Uh, it, it, we're, we're traveling to Washington, D.C. for the 10th anniversary of the Inclusive Fitness Coalition, just to give you an example. Uh, and this movement, this inclusive movement, is designed to get clubs uh, and uh, gymnasiums all over the country to be more sensitive to folks with physical and intellectual impairments. Uh, so we're going to be celebrating the National Coalition for Inclusion uh, in Washington, D.C., and uh, that will be one of those uh, presidential initiatives that uh, I will be involved in. And the second presidential initiative is to finally make the connection between what's happening in doctors' offices and what's happening in our communities. Very typically, a physician now, today in 2017, will ask his or her patient about their exercise habits. But when the patient asks the physician, well, where should I go to get my uh, exercise, they don't have the answer. So over the next, period, next year or so, we're going to be making that very significant connection between physicians who get it, they know they need to get their patients to exercise more, and then a direct referral from their office into, the, into our community gyms. So really, that's the Exercises Medicine Initiative, and you'll expand it and, and make sure that these, that these physicians use their whatever prescription pad that they're using these days. It's usually in the form of a little tablet. And prescribe exercise and use that as a vital sign and find out what's going on with their patients so that we can all get healthier together. Yes? In medical records all over the country, now that there are electronic medical records, there is a question about exercise. The missing part of that is from the patient, where should I go to get my exercise? The physicians don't know. They will know in the next year. Well, thank you so much, President-elect Thompson. We're so thrilled to have you on to discuss the American College of Sports Medicine's American Fitness Index for 2017. People can see more about this at AmericanFitnessIndex.org. That's AmericanFitnessIndex.org. And get involved. Download the action plan. Get involved in your community because that is how we can all get healthier as a nation. And it's such an important, comprehensive you know, thing that the American College of Sports Medicine, in my opinion, puts out for our benefit. They do all of this research for us. So we need to take what they've done and all that hard work and we need to put it into action in our communities. So I hope that you will do that, and I hope that you'll go on to iTunes and subscribe to this show, Life's Too Short. And, of course, you can go to the American College of Sports Medicine at acsm.org and check this out and look and see what the new president, Dr. Walt Thompson, is going to be doing for this next year. This is Melanie Cole for Radio MD. Thanks for listening, and stay well.